0: Now. Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services.
1: Hi, I'm Shara McNamara and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker-owner of Boston Connect Real Estate located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781 826 8000 now sit back relax take good notes and let's talk real estate and hello to all my south shore neighbors this is sharon mcnamara you are of course listening to talk real estate roundtable with sharon mcnamara mary baker and melissa wallace Uh, We have another fun, packed evening tonight. Uh, Lots of people calling in. Uh, We have a couple of guests here. We are doing our best to keep our six feet uh, with everybody, but people, I mean, me, Mary, and Melissa basically live with each other, so um, we're doing the three feet rule and not hugging and kissing and any of that good stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's been really intense. It's been intense, (laughs) Um, but we talked about this last week. We had on some specialists talking about the coronavirus and how that directly impacts real estate and... And tonight I'm going to make this more of a community, um, program and show, uh, we have two very important people with us and we definitely did the six feet thing with them because, um, We don't want them getting sick because we need you guys. (laughs) Yeah, definitely need you. For (laughs) sure. uh, This was how it went with me today. So uh, that little giggle that you heard is Lisa Cullity, and she is our health agent here in Pembroke. Um, And she said, yes, I'll be there, but if things go crazy, it's going to be one of those days. And I was like, just wrap yourself in a magic cloak. (laughs) That's a true story. (laughs) magic (laughs) cloak. I was like, just pretend. I was like, you're out there to save the world and, you know, to bring strength to everybody. So um, so Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Us. Thank you for having me. I know you've been busy. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, because on top of everything else that you right. already do, this is just added. So we're going to definitely... Is, this is like adding a, a tsunami to a flood zone. Mm-hmm. Well, we can always use tornado since yes, I was in one a few absolutely. weeks, so feel free. And then we have um, one of our very special guests that we have all the time. Mr. Special. Yes, you're special. You're special. <laughs> yes, we have our Deputy Chief Ken McCormick with us uh, this evening as well. Are all the guys over at the Fire Department listening to you tonight?
2: I don't know if anybody's listening. But... <laughs>
1: Yeah, we actually
2: we were busy today. So just before I got here, we got a.
1: Yeah, I saw that you got yeah, a call, so yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it or not. But you feeling a little sleepy? No, I'm not bad. No, not too bad yet. Things are good, so mm. I'm very knock, curious. On yes. yeah. knock on wood. Yes. knock on wood. Yes, literally. So very curious. We have Melissa is getting everybody ready, so you can see us still on Facebook. We're going to manipulate the camera a couple times uh, throughout the show, so you can see Lisa and Ken uh, once Melissa gets everything all figured out and. Uh, we're okay to share. You want to share a mic and say hello to the peeps? Hi, peeps. <laughs> so that was our. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have another microphone, but we need another plug. So Ben, I got to talk to you about how to do that one day. Okay.
3: We'll make a wireless unit happen for it. We also do have Lisa on the line as well.
1: All right, so we have uh, Lisa DeMilo from WATD Traffic Center. I'm not gonna do anything fancy with her because my first question to her before the traffic is to say, okay, we talked about this last week. We saw a slowdown because of traffic and I thought, hey, that's the coronavirus. What are you seeing now, Lisa? Oh,
4: you are right on the money, Sharon, I'll tell you. In fact, I was telling everyone here in the traffic center, and they all said, hmm, the next morning, because it's exactly, we started to see a decrease in the volume day to day, and today it's basically been non-existent for most of the day.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I yesterday, my daughter is self quarantining herself in Boston because she went to Paris and she got off a plane. No one told her that she should other than her mother. But I literally went from Pembroke to Beacon Street in Boston and I don't think I put my foot on the brake once. So I, I literally yeah. made it there in like 26 minutes, which is unbelievable. Nobody on the roads. So it's amazing. You, it, the, it's it's basically everything is flying out there.
4: So if you were coming right now from uh, from Braintree up into the tunnel, you'd be doing it in nine minutes.
1: Wow, that's, that's crazy amazing.
4: Yeah. That is Yeah, I mean, when have we ever seen that? And you know what? On the uh, southbound side, it's it's about the same thing. It's maybe 10 minutes, an extra minute or so. So Mm -hmm. it's really, really been non-existent today. Other than maybe uh, a a crash that was uh, on the off-ramp to Route 3 South on Route 44 West, there was really no action at all.
1: Mm -hmm. So everybody
4: is heeding the warning, and that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, it is a good thing. Absolutely. So, how is it looking for you right now out there for all of our listeners who are coming back? Basically, whatever, sure. Right? So
4: you're so you're wide open as I just said on the expressway in both directions. Route three is an easy ride down to Plymouth. The Sagamore and the Bourne are both delay free, and Route twenty four south, sixteen minutes from ninety three to four ninety five. Can you imagine? This report is sponsored by the FCC. Are some of your local TV channels missing? Find them again by rescanning your TV now. Learn more at fcc.gov slash TV Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center.
0: We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 959 WATD.
5: And we are back. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Boston Connect Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I'm here with my team members, Sharon McNamara, Mary Baker. Hello. Hi. Hello. hello. Hi. <laughs> um, if you have missed any of our past shows, you can go to Talk Real Estate and you can listen to all of our previous shows, our podcasts, our episodes, or what we're calling them now. Um, or you can go to your podcast app, and you can search us in there. You can search real estate, S- Talk I- Real Estate Roundtable, or you can even search all of our Names because we're very famous and very (laughs) important, (laughs) important on the South Shore at least. You You can talk to Alexa now. Yeah, you can talk to Alexa. Alexa will tell you where to find us. Um, And then we tonight we have um, Lisa Cullody from um, she's the health agent here in Pembroke, and we also have Deputy Chief McCormick. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? (laughs) Good. Um. So, Sharon, who did you want to? Why don't we start with Ken? Just in case he gets a call. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just sure. in case you Sounds get a call, <laughs> like Batman. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a call. I got to go. <laughs> we should get one of those like symbols, you know, like yeah. how Batman has the light. The Ken symbol. <laughs> the Ken symbol. <laughs> I know. We just need a big K. <laughs> um, we can get a Ken
1: doll and like that will be our thing. We can <laughs> we'll get a Ken doll. I like that. You guys <laughs> are killing
5: me. I'm just so glad you joined us tonight. It's I like, am. move on, ladies. Yeah,
1: so, so is he. He's thrilled. They can see it written all over his face.
5: Yes. He loves to this come on every, our yeah, show. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with you, Ken. What are some of the things that are going on here in Pembroke? Or I know you had a a meeting yesterday um, that you sort of gave us a heads up on, um, you know, in Plymouth. But what are some of the things that you are seeing in our town in regard to what's going on in the world right now?
2: So the police, fire and health agent are working as a team, obviously, to combat, prevent, help stop the spread of uh 19. so uh actually lisa is our go-to person aren't i lucky um uh we're taking our lead from the cdc and mass health mm-hmm. um on some of the things we're doing and the fire department is doing kind of its own prevention so mm-hmm. this is a it's not a new thing to us but it is a, it's a quick and rapid evolving type of event for us so you know we've had to adjust a little quicker and faster than we normally would mm-hmm. to these type of events. I think everybody has. Uh, so we meet every day, or we're going to start to meet every single day. Yeah, we're
6: down to every day. It was uh, once a week um, when the, the disease first emerged. We were meeting every three or four days with texts and uh, other communication in between, and now today we're we're down to a daily um, briefing because that's just how fast it's changing. That's just how fast we're having to adapt our response to what we are seeing, the numbers we're seeing, the kind of reaction we're seeing, so.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I found extremely interesting, it seemed that Plymouth County, we were one of the last counties yes. in Massachusetts. Yep. So is there anything special that you think attributes to that? Or do you think, do we wash our hands better than the people in Norwalk? <laughs> no, I, I think
6: it's it's more of a, of a statistical game. And I know that seems like an oversimplification, but it really is. I think that it was obviously likely we were going to see this emerge in Boston first. I think it was automatically logical. We were going to see our largest clusters of outbreaks in Boston. I think it was a matter of time. I think that the South Shore was just destined to get hit. Obviously, the areas closer to the city started more Mm-hmm. Um, than us, I think the delay is probably just we didn't have as many people in contact. And the other thing is, you, you know, that there's a misunderstanding that um, everyone that comes into contact with this disease is immediately going to become symptomatic and and meet the testing criteria. The test- testing criteria in the beginning due to lack of tests was very stringent. And I just don't think we had enough symptomatic people on the south shore to warrant testing to get us positive hits i think it was just a matter of time and 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 that Mm -hmm. time has come
1: well it's interesting too because both of you know because we all know each other personally so my daughter mackenzie is down at clemson university and she's working for the university now and i sensed that people in big places sort of knew and i'm guessing you guys knew about something about this sort of coming and how serious it was because mackenzie kept on calling us and she's like This was, what, three, four weeks ago, and Mm -hmm. she's like, they're talking about closing down the school, and you have to stock up on Gatorade, and in case you get sick, and things like, and we're like Mackenzie, seriously, like, you take everything to such an extreme. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she was right all along, and it was almost like the schools were preparing, and they knew something. Ken, are you seeing people, because honestly, if I wake up with a little sore throat now, I'm like... Oh, I have it, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't taken my allergy medicine in two days. Like my head is. I literally didn't go to bed until 4:30 last night. I'm glued to CNN, and I'm like, oh, my throat's a little itchy. Oh my goodness, and you know what I mean?
6: Like that's a normal. That's a, a documented um, psychosomatic thing that that goes on with people in situations like this. That is not an unusual circumstance. And generally, the the more high strung you are, I'm not saying anything here. <laughs> oh, just a mild suggestion <laughs> that that the more you can are. You said it, right, not us. <laughs> I said it. I went there. <laughs> no, but all joking aside, it's a personality trait, and that's not yeah. an uncommon thing to start self-associating.
1: But, you know, here's here's the true thing is, for me, I really do not care if I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like... Yes, Your if, odds are some of the best. Yeah, and and I feel like if I get sick, I feel like I'm healthy enough to maybe combat it. Yes. If I'm sick and, you know what, my life is taken because of it, I feel like I'm okay with where I am in my head with, you mm-hmm. know, God and spirit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really, really, really nervous about giving it to somebody else. Like, sure. I'm I'm sick over it. I'm sick about being too close to my mother and, you know, even seeing Casey yesterday and going in her hallway. Mm-hmm. And literally, I had a mask on, like, just being in her hallway. So, you know, it, 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 and I made her spray yeah. everything and yeah. the entrance and all that. So, I just am afraid that I'm going to give it to somebody who's old and, like, they're going to die because of me. I can't deal yep. with it. Valid concern. It's a valid
2: thought. Yeah, it is. very valid. I mean, I wouldn't... Stress? It, yeah, stress over it. it, is, <laughs> it, it, is, mm-hmm. it is, unfortunately, it is what it is. You're not going to know you have it until...
7: Mm-hmm.
5: I feel like if you're going to get it, you're going to yeah. get it, and there's you really not too much that you much. can do. Yeah. I mean, you take the necessary precautions that everybody else is taking, but otherwise you just have to go on trying to live your life. Right. right. Like, if we all stop doing what we're doing, we're only making the economic situation that's outfalling falling yep. from all of this, you even be worse.
6: Wanna, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But you you want to do all those good safety things. But I'll mm-hmm. go back to the point of you're so terrified of giving it to someone else. We should all be concerned about passing on diseases and germs that we have to other people. In general, But, right? but it's going to happen. This mm-hmm. is what these germs do. That's what their mm-hmm. their whole chemical makeup is to go out and attack. So I'll give you another comparison. You know, everyone's like people got very excited about this disease, they were very concerned about it coming here, and that's a valid concern, but let's go back to Ebola. Mm. Um, Some people have commented why Ken and I might be more relaxed when we approach this. Understand that long before this occurred here, we're drilling, what, minimum of quarterly, we're going over all kinds of different scenarios that might occur, and we were back when Ebola was a thing, we were drilling on Ebola, we were at H1N1, we were drilling Mm. on that, so so part of our response and more pragmatic response is because this is what we do. We are always thinking about the next thing with all due respect that's going to come kill you. I Mm -hmm. mean, this is just one of the many things that could come. This one just happens to have gained a really good foothold and seems to have a really strong
5: ability to spread. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Ken, and ladies, anytime you feel that you want to ask some questions, you know, just jump in. But Good. Do you have yeah, a question? Yeah, actually
5: do. So, just to piggyback <laughs> back off of Mary, like, yeah, we, we should continue to love our lives and not yep. go panic and all that stuff. But there are things that we do have to change. Sure. I mean, we we can't be in crowds of more than yep. 10. We shouldn't be doing, you know, going around, not that anyone should does this, but like, like licking, St. <laughs> licking like banisters. Licking, that joke. licking banisters. you know Melissa. Like, they you have, like, these jokes, memes yeah. out yeah. there right There's now that's like, oh, jokes, people yeah. are going crazy. Yeah. But it's like, there are things that yes. we need to change about our everyday thing I've because been meaning we to tell you to stop
1: licking the desks the
5: yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go on the record, Pima does not recommend licking desks, yeah. door handles, yeah, banisters, do
5: or anything else <laughs> but we're that. There, the <laughs> yes. there are things that we do have to change, sure. you yeah. know, and it's for the better not to, you know, aggravate anybody or, or, or you know harm anybody, it's, it's the, the opposite, like right. we're, we're trying to keep ourselves healthy and keep everybody else around and us, so there are things that we need to change on a day-to-day basis so do you guys have any suggestions of of what what we should be doing i love your original
6: statement that's to live your life and i'm going to just tweak it just a little Mm -hmm. bit for you and then you can take this moving forward live your life responsibly yeah so by all means live your life we've all got things we've got to do you know ken and i accept that our jobs are going to put us in in the line of fire if you would and yes everyone to your point you need to go about living your life if you're not living a a quality life obviously then we start questioning well what is it all about but you want to live your life responsibly so the Uh responsible thing is like what you're doing you ladies have obviously been together and you are closer now than maybe is ideal but you have all been together for weeks on very close quarters Uh so you accept that that's probably the way it's going to go between you guys Uh so you're living your lives but you're living them responsibly because just in case the folks can't watch this you guys wiped everything within an inch of its life I think Sharon just went through a whole <laughs> canister of clorox wipes i just want
5: to say that <laughs> she lights <laughs> off the microphones and the boards and our chair yeah. so you just those are the things
2: self. you have to do you just yeah. you like you said there are things we have to do to prevent the spread of it mm-hmm. the six foot the social distancing is one of them mm-hmm. cleaning is one of them. hygiene yeah. is one of them those yep. are just things we have to do that maybe yeah. we weren't doing properly or we weren't doing at all or we weren't doing as much so you just do those things and and your part's good Mm-hmm. Then you can move on mm-hmm. and do what you have to do mm-hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of respect the distance of other people, the ten the ten people rule. You know, those are yeah. things that are going to be hard for people to do
8: to
5: accept,
2: yeah. but we have to do it.
5: Yeah. Well, I think it might be a little bit easier now because I mean, it's not like you can go down to the bar and have a few drinks and stay no. till one a.m. anymore. Not like anymore. we not think anymore. Think about the money we're going to yeah. save. I'm going to yeah. save. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because how much
1: I money in- <laughs> other people are losing. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, no. It's, so now that's a really good topic that we should segue into. So. There's, I think we've all seen on Facebook, pick your internet, social media, Mm -hmm. whatever. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So the first thing I want to say is there's a lot of good information. And if you go to the DPH website and you put in COVID-19, all these fantastic bits of information on Mass.gov come up. So go to Mass.gov, make use of Mass.gov. But you mentioned one thing that's very sad and hits me kind of right here, because these are all the people I work with, is that all those restaurants and bars, Mm -hmm. while they can do takeout, that's still an enormous devastation Mm -hmm. to their income never Mm -hmm. mind the fact that that doesn't help the servers and the bartenders Mm -hmm. but there is and this is not fake money it's real money and i'm sure at some point josh is going to talk to you about this too there are assistance programs all over the state website Mm -hmm. those that have been affected and lost their jobs need to reach out yesterday reach out now if you Mm -hmm. haven't done it reach out tomorrow first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and start getting applying for that information so that they can get the help. And also small businesses can apply. There's small business loans, mm-hmm. float loans, and other things to help them get through these times. So, you know, it breaks Ken's and my heart, and, and unfortunately in Pembroke we're going to have to take some more steps, which I can talk about later, mm-hmm. that is going to have more impact on private business. But those stop gaps are put in place, and if anything, the federal government has, has applied even more money to this. So please don't sit there and suffer. Please don't sit there and not be earning an income mm-hmm. and be in trouble. Reach
1: out. There are resources available. And Josh is going to be calling in. so He's actually on the line
3: as we speak, Sharon.
1: He is. There he is. Oh, great. Hey, Josh. So we have Josh Cutler, who um, obviously is our Massachusetts state rep for Plymouth District, which is, uh, what towns do we have again? We have Hanson, Pembroke, and Duxbury. So, Josh, thank you so much. And Hingham? Are you Hingham as well?
3: No, 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 just the three. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. I thought we had that conversation last night. You
1: just, ado- you just adopted a new town. Yeah. <laughs> and we just had Ben on there as well. So, Josh, I don't know like, if you can see us, but we have um, Lisa Cullity here. I'm with watching us, you course. on
3: Facebook. I don't know if I can, oh. if it's live or not, but I can yes, say hello. Is. Hello, everyone. A
1: little bit of a <laughs> delay. So we also have uh, Deputy Chief uh, Ken McCormick with us as well. So, um, Lisa was... At, first, Ken, I mean, not Ken, I want to ask Ken a question. So, Josh, just one second. On what we were talking yeah. about, Ken for 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 Ken, um, do I have to call you Deputy Chief? Ken's fine. Ken's okay, safe. thank you. So um, <laughs> we're on that level. We can call we'll him just go with Ken at this point. Um, I do want to talk about maybe later if we get into it. It really isn't that big, div- big of a deal right now because we can always have another conversation and do a podcast on the the um, impacts of real estate and what happens with the smoke starts and everything. But what are you doing for your guys? Like, what extra precautions do you have to take because if you come up on a scene? You know, I know that you're always normally wearing gloves and things, but do you have to be considering other things? So how are you staying safe?
2: So every call is unique. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we're going to the back pain because the guy fell down the stairs and has no signs or symptoms of the flu and or been out of the country, it's a regular medical like we've always handled. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll ask some questions. Our uh, 911 dispatchers are EMDing these calls much better than we would have before, Mm -hmm. getting a little bit more information. Um, so going to the house, we're kind of aware of it. Okay. If it's a confirmed COVID-19 case, then we're using up protective gear, going into the house that way. We're only committing one member to every single house until he decides what that call is, and then he'll call and summon other people to come and help him as needed. So we've taken some steps to to protect ourselves, because we have to, because if we lose two, or three people, Mm-hmm. We've lost a quarter of our department because of everybody yeah. has to go. So,
6: yeah.
2: and we can't. That's something we can't afford.
6: Mm-hmm. And and just to piggyback what Ken said, they're also making the assumption. They have to make the assumption that is, if this is a hardness of breathing, a chest congestion, we we are working on the symptom. You you are positive right. before we even move forward.
1: Do we have, like, do you have availability for it to get these people testing or anything like that? Or is it just, you have to get in line and go to Mass primary General? Primary
6: care, primary care, primary mm-hmm. care. I beg people that are having these experiences, reach out to your primary. Is it? It's a doctor's order right now that gets you that test. I can't, Ken can, can't get a hold of your primary. primary, get online, get, tell them what they, they know your background. It is their recommendation that gets <coughs> you in. And there's, there's more testing popping up everywhere. But right now to go to like South Shore or Cape Cod Hospital and get tested, you need your primary cares directive.
2: Okay. I think as this progresses you're gonna see some satellite places that are Mm -hmm. gonna open up which which is gonna be a, a little bit more convenient. But that that's not in the realm yet.
1: Okay. Real quick, do you see it getting worse? Much worse. How much worse?
6: I think we're going to see the kinds of curves and increases in cases that have been seen in other parts of the world.
1: So do you think that we're going to eventually end up, and I don't want to scare people, but I just want to know the facts, so I stop yep. watching CNN all night until 4.30 yep. in the morning? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, I know. So, like, we'll be quarantined into the house. I think like.
6: there's a distinct possibility. If you ask me percentage right now, I'd say 50 to 75% likely.
5: Okay.
1: And again, if that's what we have to do, that's what yep. we have to do. So, in order to get that curve down, mm-hmm. everybody has to be off the street. Correct. Because I have to tell you, I was a little annoyed at the people who decided that it was okay to roam around Southie drinking the other day. Like, yep. what are you thinking?
6: And, and again there's a there's an information flow and there's an information disparity too you know until the governor came out with orders which by the way ken and i found out on the news like everyone else normally these are not the way these things go we get kinds of updates, yeah, updates. and mailings from our mm-hmm. different channels i found out live with everyone else in massachusetts i'm like oh we're going there um mm-hmm. you know so it puts us at a little bit of a dis- disadvantage to respond in a timely manner and um i guess that's the one thing that i'm a little bit puzzled by that—that that the CDC didn't have stronger guidance at the yeah. federal level, that the federal uh-huh. level didn't come down with stronger guidance to the state level quicker. But at the same time, I think everyone's lost sight of one thing. Even though we watched what happened with, um, you know, China and Italy, is that this is still an emerging infectious disease. We hadn't seen this run through, you know, uh-huh. people. So I think there's still a lot of a learning curve going on there. That was, you know, that the balance of we don't want to alarm and terrify, and uh, as we said, not let our live our lives. Versus Versus keeping people safe and I think that's a really tough balance to do whether you talk right here in Pembroke or at the state level or at the federal level.
1: So some of the things I'm seeing and Josh I'm sorry do you have a time constraint because I just had a couple other questions them. No I'm good yeah. All right perfect. Sure. So um, I noticed like right away like Dunkin Donuts and things yeah. like that so there's no more so like P-Hop and all these little sub shops no more eating in just no take out. No more
6: sitting and eating or drinking in any establishment you may take your meal and go.
1: And that's all of Massachusetts. All of Massachusetts. Okay, but they don't have to close. They just don't can't have seats there. There's no one that can be sitting in in, in any eating establishment. We also noticed that some of the hairdressing salons are closing. We the dentist is closing. Yeah. What about the Ouch. nail salons? Here,
6: here we go. So this is the very tough decision, and I'd say Ken, we went back and forth 20 mm-hmm. minutes uh, right. on this because we didn't like doing this, but we are getting ready to release release tomorrow our our newest directives. We had all that conversation, and it's going to be an order that. Um, hair salons which a lot of them to their credit have already closed hair salons nail salons massage parlors anyone that re- any line of work that requires a person to touch another person um, is going to be ordered to close if they haven't already we're going to make the steps and this was done I had conversations with the vast majority of child care givers in Pembroke that uh, we are gonna have those facilities close. There is a special provision for the medical staff and first responders that if they can stay open, maintain classroom sizes of 20 or less only for those necessary medical providers and first responders they may. Um, They each have to come up with a plan for it. There's only two facilities in Pembroke that are, you know, have a clientele need enough that they're thinking about trying to do that. And the last one is we're going to have to order the gyms that haven't closed on their own. We're going to have to order them to order uh, clothes. Obviously, the kinds of bodily fluids that would be generated when someone uses a gym is exactly the kind of thing that we don't want passing from person to person and the kind of thing that can be very difficult to sterilize in between people using similar equipment.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was really good news. Sorry about that. So to all of our WATD listeners, you are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and our broker team here, Mary Baker and Melissa Wallace. Uh, We're very fortunate uh, that these two people that we have here tonight and the person that we have on the phone with us, always willing to drop whatever you're doing to make sure that we can get that information out um, to the public. So this tonight show really has nothing to do with real estate. It has everything to do with uh, the virus and just trying to get that information out to you. So um, our guests are going to stay here with us for as long as they possibly can. But again, we have Josh Cutler um, on the phone with us. And of course, he is our state representative. Um, Josh, thank you again. Um, I know that this was short notice for you. And why don't you give us an update on some of the things that you're seeing? I know some of the questions that people are concerned about from your level and perspective, and Lisa uh, tapped in on it. What's going on with jobs? What are people going to do with small businesses? Um, what about the 1099 employees? And I know we had a little conversation about the seniors that I'm really um, interested in talking more about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for, for having me on. Thanks to your listeners. And thanks, uh, I guess we're all on a first name basis here. Thanks, Ken and Lisa, for all that you're doing. You guys are really <laughs> <up, laughs> on the line. Thanks. thanks. Um, Thank you, Josh. So, And we've been seeing each other quite a bit lately, which is, which is nice, but obviously not under these circumstances. Um, so lot's going on. I think uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention specifically in terms of small business and unemployment issues, just want to kind of reassure folks, you know, you know, obviously there's a lot of unease and uncertainty. State government is continuing to function. Obviously, you know, we're taking steps like everyone else, doing things remotely. Um, I get a lot of things done sitting in my living room with my laptop and, and phone, and we're all doing those kind of things. But our state government is still, still moving forward. Governor Baker's been very visible, having press conferences every day giving us the latest information. Just got word that he's going to be doing a press conference at uh, Logan Airport tomorrow just to talk about some of the um, flying-related uh, issues that, that come up. So that's important to know. We're taking all the necessary precautions, but our state government continues to function and <laughs> continues to operate. Um, been a lot of developments. The news kind of comes fast and furious for folks who uh, for <laughs> paying attention. It's hard to keep up sometimes. A couple of things that I wanted to mention I think are important for folks to know, and feel free to jump in anytime if you have questions, Sharon, or want me to try to... Um, Will do. Mm. Answer any follow-ups? Uh, one has to do with well, obviously the economic. You know, Lisa talked about the the health and safety uh, issues here. Obviously, the economic issues are uh, considerable as well. The impact this is going to have on you know our economy across the the board, but especially small businesses and folks in that in that genre. Um, so there is a new government loan program that I wanted to to, to that Lisa mentioned earlier. I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit. I think it's important for folks to be aware of. This is something that Governor Baker just announced yesterday. It's the Small Business Recovery Loan Fund. And uh, we're allocating up to $10 million for small businesses. And these would be small businesses of 50 full time equivalents or less. Most small businesses around here would fit into that category. Uh, and they can apply for up to $75,000. The amount depends on what their Operating expenses have been for the past um, first quarter, um, and the loan offers uh, no payment at all for six months, and then low interest uh, terms. I believe it's around three and three quarter percent. Um, so it's you know favorable um, rates, easy application process, and, um, and no payments at all for six months. Um, so it's it's, a, it's something I would definitely urge folks to take advantage of. Um, there's $10 million available now. That sounds like a lot of money, but that, that will get snapped up quick when you you know do the math. And, you know, there's no prepayment penalty either. So, I, you know, I would I sort of take, have you take a look at it like it's kind of like a, a line of credit or a, you know, kind of break in case of emergency. If you don't need those funds, great. You can always pay it back without pre, prepayment penalty at the end of this. But if you need that, heaven forbid, because, you know, you're having issues meeting payroll or there's changes and uh, further changes in the economy, then that's something that, you know, is a good f- fail-safe, Back kind of option. So again, it's the um, Small Business Recovery Loan Fund, and the, the website I'll give it out. If, um, folks out there can uh, take it down. It's called EmpoweringSmallBusiness dot org. That's empoweringsmallbusiness.org dot org. And uh, of course, I can share this with you, Sharon, so you can put it on your own website and, oh, and share it on Facebook, share. and it's, it's on it's on mine as well. So um, the the uh, I know some folks had asked me because when it first went live, there's a little bit of a, a mad rush. And I think they had a temporary glitch, and it wasn't able to process. But that has been fixed. It is working. Um, you can go in and you can apply, and you, you do it all electronically. You submit, you know, your, the, the, the application form and, and the, the backup information. You do it all through this email that's that's provided. And um, it's you know, in terms of a loan, it's fairly straightforward kind of process. So again, it's Small Business Recovery Loan Fund. It's empoweringsmallbusiness.org. Up to seventy five thousand dollars for small businesses to apply with um, no payments due for the first six months. So um, a, a good option for, for many folks, not for everybody, but for many folks. The, uh, the yeah, other thing I want to mention sure on the flip side- that's one of the things
1: too is you were saying, I mean, people should really start applying for that soon because if it's $10 million and $75,000, that's 133 businesses if everybody maxed out at that 75,000. So hopefully it's right, just, it's, people are just taking a little bit to help them, not all of it. Right.
3: Yeah, and, and again, I think you know we you know we, we're fortunate in Massachusetts that we have taken you know sort of the prudent steps and we've built up our rainy day fund uh, and mm-hmm. other measures that you know can, can help to sustain us during you know a time like this. So I, you know, my guess, and I don't want to make any predictions out there, but if, if that were to be that program were to be shown to be very popular and be you know very useful, I would suspect that we would we would try to replenish those funds. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, we can't. You know, we don't. It's very uncertain times, and so I would just urge everyone out there listening to uh, if. You think this fits your business to take advantage of that now, sooner rather than later. Perfect.
1: Um, and what about the, other, the employees?
3: Yeah, so that's what I want to mention. So unemployment, obviously, you know, a lot of folks um dealing with that or unfortunately more will be dealing with it in the future. So there's already been some some changes made already through executive order to our unemployment claims system. Um some basic things like you no longer have to visit the Mass Hire Career Center in person that's been suspended. Uh, If you miss a deadline due to COVID-19, it's considered good cause and your lateness is excused. Um, All appeal hearings are now being held by telephone. Those are things that have already taken effect. Uh, Also, uh, if a worker is quarantined due to a you know, an emergency order, which is the case today, uh, or by their medical professional, that would then qualify as as an uh, an event to qualify for unemployment. If you had to leave employment due to a reasonable risk of exposure or to care for a family member, and you're not able to or not allowed to return to work, that would qualify for unemployment benefits. Um, And the nice thing is the worker does not need to provide medical documentation, just has to be available for work when and as able. So those are things that are already in effect. There are some additional steps that the governor has asked for and the legislature is actively working on right now. And I say actively like literally today and tomorrow um, to file some emergency regulations. Number one, um, in many cases, we have businesses that for the short term, meaning maybe the next four weeks or the next eight weeks, are contemplating maybe having to to close their doors for a period of time and then want those workers to be able to, you know, come back when they do reopen. Uh, Under the the existing conditions, a worker wouldn't necessarily qualify for unemployment in that scenario, and so we're going to be changing that to allow workers to apply for unemployment even for a short term, such as four weeks. Um, assuming they expect to reopen. Um, additional uh, clause, one would be to waive, is a, currently a one-week waiting period for unemployment benefits. Um, we're working to waive that one-week period. Um, and then employers, this is for the employer side, who are impacted by this can request up to a 60-day grace period to file their, their quarterly reports and pay their contributions for, for employers that, that are familiar with that. So those are all steps that aren't in effect, yet but that the governor's request and the legislature is working on as we speak to try to um you know ameliorate the situation um and the other, one final one uh, there's pending federal legislation at the, at the federal level that would provide further relief including uh providing additional funding for benefits because that's one of the things we'll run into is um extending out the benefits themselves and then providing relief to employers for charges uh, that they have as a result of benefits being paid out for all of this. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, and and you get very much into the weeds in these things very quickly. I don't want to go off (laughs) too far on a tangent, Mm -hmm. but if folks need help with unemployment claims, I would encourage them to reach out to my office uh, or their own uh, representative. We do this all the time and under, you know, normal circumstances and certainly happy to help folks under these, uh, you know, trying times. So um, some major changes, those are, are sort of two major changes that are happening a lot of other things in the works um there's a um the, the federal government has a sba loan program they have an economic injury disaster loan program that offers larger loans for small businesses mm-hmm. to overcome temporary issues like this um it involves a little bit more a, a, a few more additional steps um the state has applied formally to invoke this and that uh process is underway and so we should have information on that soon but that's another avenue that uh, businesses who maybe need a little bit more money, more than just $75,000 could apply for through the uh, Small Business Administration. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things that are going on and I'll just add one more and I'll be <laughs> happy to take mm-hmm. questions. Um, just yeah. today, um, the DPU has um, issued, had previously issued a, a no shut off uh, rule to um, our utilities so that no residential customer would be shut off for, for non-payment. Uh, today we've asked them to apply that same rule to small businesses. So that no small mm-hmm. business will be shut off for non-payment, and also allow up to 24 months for repayment if they need to defer their payment, so they can uh, amortize that over a longer period of time. Obviously, to reduce mm-hmm. um, some of their costs. So, lots going on. Those are just some of the things that are, that are happening uh, literally today and yesterday.
1: <laughs> mm. It seems like we keep on like breaking up a little bit, but Ben, we're we're good there, right? Ben. ben Did we lose Ben? Do we lose me? Is. Yeah. no i got you so i just don't know where ben you got is me. so all right it's all the
2: man is Josh.
1: Yeah. so we'll just go in here because he must i think he has us we'll figure that all out but um can you talk about um we talked a little bit about the seniors and again yeah, they yeah. just seem to be my biggest concern so can you talk a little bit about them as well
3: yeah absolutely obviously you know, our seniors are are, are concerned at any time especially uh, you know given that the the coronavirus is, is there among the most susceptible to it. Um, so there's a few different resources. And I just want to quickly tell a story that you and I were chatting about um, offline, Sharon. That it was nice. It was actually just last night on WATD, we had someone call in during a show, and um, he was from Marshfield, and he was a senior, and he was basically you know concerned that he had no television. He didn't have the Internet. He really only had the radio and his telephone, and he felt isolated and wasn't really sure. You know what he should be doing, and what resources are available there. And and one of the things I mentioned was that we have this, something called the two one one service here in Massachusetts, kind of like four one one for those of you who remember that two one one. And you can call, and it's open twenty four seven, and they have operators that stand by, and they can answer questions that people have or direct you to resources. So it's a great option for seniors who you know maybe have a question and can't get online easily or don't have someone readily available to ask. Just dial two one one on your phone and it's available obviously in English and also in Spanish and other languages as well. So that's a great option. But but the, the nice sort of postscript to the story was that after we had this whole discussion, two other uh, listeners called into the station, and one of them offered up uh, a laptop computer to this gentleman, and the other offered a television. Um, so just mm-hmm. the nice community spirit that was in, in play, you know, was was mm-hmm. really nice to see that people were stepping up, and it's not always the government. You know, it's, it's it's the community stepping up and 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 uh, really showing compassion mm-hmm. to somebody. So I thought it was a nice, uh-huh. uplifting little story in the in this. Larger.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're and in. That's what I, I said to you earlier, too, is it really is nice to see like all of our communities around here. You know, um, we talk about Pembroke Connect, and obviously everybody knows we're the founder of that page. And sometimes it does get a little bit um, off the rails, but I really do find that in times of crisis and things like this, it, most of the people do come together. Mm-hmm. I know I people yeah, have sure. been reaching out to me. Yeah. One of my past um, clients is a, a good friend. She called me the other day. She has the same concerns about seniors, and we're trying to put something together where we'll be able to, like, go and maybe pick up stuff for them and and deliver it to them. And, and you know, we know we're not going to take advantage of seniors, you know, because there's so many people that take advantage of situations like this. Yeah. Um, but but then we are also talking about, um, you know, the kids that are out of school right now. They're old enough. Maybe they can donate their time for community service to help some of these parents because I think 38% of the kids who are in school their parents are either firefighters, nurses, and things like that that we need right now. Yeah. So I think that that's it's really I heartwarming enjoy. to see the community come together like
5: that. Absolutely. Come together, but at a distance,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with some Lysol wipes. Together, socially <laughs>
5: yeah, socially distancing.
1: <laughs> socially come together. So, did and anybody what, else uh, have any questions? Was- no, go ahead.
3: So, oh, Sharon, that's one. I was just going to comment. That's one of the nice things about social media. You know, obviously, there's times when uh, there's downsides to it, but you know, they have these kind of folks stepping up and sharing ideas and sharing resources. I've seen young people who volunteered to come pick up groceries and drop them off in you know the front homes Mm -hmm. of seniors and things like that. So those are nice to see. I wanted to mention one other thing. I know I don't know how much time we have left, but to to your audience, as much time as you need. A little bit. Okay, a little bit off topic, but it's a big issue here in Pembroke, and it's certainly an issue uh, further afield as well. Is uh, we have elections coming up. It's election season here. Uh, you know, in many communities. We have a special uh, election coming up in Pembroke and, and, and other communities, Plymouth, Kingston, down to the Cape. And I know our town clerks are concerned about this. And we've been we've been talking about how you know we can continue to have elections and and town meetings and all these kinds of things, questions that come up. But one thing we want to push to everybody is the idea of absentee voting, and really encourage folks for um, the special election that's coming up. In the in the in our Senate district, but also for town elections that are coming up and may or may not have to be rescheduled, that you use an absentee ballot because that really makes life a lot easier for your clerks. It's a great convenient way for yourself, and uh, you know it's it just it makes things a lot easier for everybody involved. And so, just want to really encourage folks to take it, consider that option wherever they live. Um, there's a one page form. It's on the Secretary of State's website. It's on my website. It's readily available. Mass. Gov slash sec. You can go on, you can request an absentee ballot, you mail it in to your local town clerk, the addresses are provided, and I can tell you that the town clerks in our communities that I represent have all agreed to accept those via email as well, so making it even easier. You send in that form, it's a one-page form, couldn't be easier to fill out, then they'll mail you the ballot when it comes time for the election with a, an envelope and you return it back, and, um, and you can vote. Essentially it's voting by mail, um, and all the normal sort of rules about being physically un- present in the, not being able to be physically present in the in the, in the uh, town on the day are, are being essentially waived. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I really st- emphasize that the absentee ballots will really take a lot of pressure off our town clerks and, and allow everyone to you know exercise their right to vote in a way that's safe and easy for everybody. I do actually have a caller on the line, Sharon, as well. John from Plymouth
7: had a question.
1: Okay, hi, John.
7: Hello. How are you?
1: We are doing fantastic, thank you. What is um, what is your question, and who is it for?
7: It's probably for everyone. Just some thoughts I've been having. What about people who have mortgages or even property taxes? I mean, we just—I think this is the period right now where we got to pay our excise taxes. I mean, this is mm-hmm. going to be a big domino effect for all of us. And mm-hmm. I just think that with the people you have in your studio right now, that perhaps it's a little food for thought that. Um, mm-hmm. Us yep. as citizens of the Commonwealth, we need help now. For years and for a lifetime, we've all been paying our taxes, all sorts of taxes. We have the Rainy Day Fund. Why can't, I mean, politicians get to dip into that? Why can't we dip into that as citizens? This is a, that $10 million fund that is a, such an awesome thing for the governor and the mayor to do. Uh, but I believe that came from a company, but we need to start thinking for the people of the Commonwealth. Instead of just always drawing money from us, I think it's about time that we start getting a little bit back, even if they're loans, or even if it's putting off due dates, just to help us all out, because this is just the beginning for all of us in in our age, uh, Mm -hmm. in our time of age. If you understand what I'm trying to say, we need a we need our politicians to start acting in favor of us, not saying that they don't do all the time, but this right. is the time we need help, mm-hmm. and it's vital that they start doing stuff for us.
1: And I'm going to let Josh sort of yeah. talk more yeah, about absolutely. that, but Thanks. I do know, too, that, uh, Josh, I've seen a couple of things where, um, you know, with the the bigger banks anyways, they're sort of forgiving one of the pain. like, yeah. I think that they're okay with late. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, thanks, John, for, for the question. I, I really appreciate it, and I take it out to heart. Um, a couple of mm-hmm. things I wanted to just try and take notes quickly to make sure I hit all the questions you had. I wanted, that state loan program is um, is, is state funds, so that is your taxpayer dollars helping our small businesses. It's, not, it, it's a, 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 what we call a quasi-public entity. It's funded by uh, tax dollars indirectly. Um, in terms of, there there already have been a number of uh, calls to suspend any type of um, eviction, uh, uh For for rent uh, non-payment or for mortgage non-payments that is already happening. Certainly, I think you're going to have more of that. I was on a conference call today, in fact, and that the issue of meal tax came up. Um, this is more applicable for not so much as a, as a someone going to a restaurant, but as a you know a restaurant itself. You know, many of these are small businesses. Many of these are are, are suffering during this time, and it, it just so happens I wasn't aware that the meal tax quarterly meal tax payments are due. You know, like in a week, in a, in about a week. And that's a significant amount of money for a lot of small businesses to, to be paying. And so there's some discussion, some requests from, from legislators to see if we could push that out further, you know, delay that a little bit to give those businesses more time to pay that. So those are the kinds of discussions that are happening. It's all. This is literally a conversation from today. These are all things that are happening right now as we speak. And I would just say that you know, to, to John and to everyone else out there, let your elected folk representatives know. You know, we want to hear from you. I, did, I wasn't aware of this meal tax. I'm not a restaurant. But, you know, it, it made me think, and the fact that that issue was raised, you know, got into the discussion, and, it, and it, was, it was communicated to the governor's key people, and, you know, hopefully something will happen. I can't guarantee that it will, but we're definitely listening, and we want to hear these things, and if there's ways directly we can help folks, you know, I guarantee all 159 of my fellow reps, Democrat and Republican, they want to help, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, so whatever ideas are out there, please reach out to us. I know, you know, I, I can't speak for the town in terms of, your, you know, your property tax. I don't know if that's something the towns are looking at. Obviously, they have their own needs to build to keep government running there. But I can tell you that we're looking at all of these options, and, and certainly our minds are totally, you know, open to, to uh, suggestions.
1: Perfect. And John, um, that was a great question. If you want to stay on the line, feel free to do so. But we have to take we have to break at seven o'clock. We have another half hour, Josh. If you still want to stay with us, feel free to do so. I also know that we have Mark Stiles might be calling in as well. That he's out there seeing. All right, perfect. But we're going to take the break again. John, thanks so much for your call. We'll be right back.
7: WATD FM Marshfield, WMEX Quincy, WBMS Brockton, and translator W266DA Brockton. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather, WATD. Streaming online at 959WATD.com. And with your smart speaker, just by saying play WATD.
0: AP News,
7: I'm Tim McGuire. West
0: Virginia reports its first case of COVID-19, meaning the virus has spread to all 50 states. Governor Jim Justice says the case was reported in the state's eastern panhandle, not far from Washington, D.C. The White House is pitching what could work out to be a trillion-dollar financial aid package to help companies and workers directly impacted by the outbreak. New York City's mayor is looking at ordering millions of people to stay at home. Ed Donahue has more. About seven million people around San Francisco can only leave their homes for essential reasons. These are the strictest measures so far in America, similar to orders in parts of Europe. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has this in mind.
3: I think
8: New Yorkers should be prepared right now for the possibility of a shelter in place order. It has not happened yet. But Governor Andrew
0: Cuomo's office immediately pushed back on the idea of a shelter-in-place order for the city. But he favors social distancing. How can you reduce the flow? You reduce the spread. How do you how do you reduce the spread? You close down more interaction among people. The governor says New York City would need state approval for a shelter-in-place. I'm Ed Donahue. Three states, Illinois, Florida, and Arizona are holding primaries today. Illinois' governor and election officials in Chicago are blaming each other about troubles being seen at various polling stations. A Florida election official is scrambling to find workers after many didn't show today along the panhandle, and voters and Democrats in Ohio are upset that the primary was moved to June by election officials and the governor. Stephen Turner says he's not happy he won't be able to cast a ballot today. I'm just extremely disappointed. Um, I mean, the thing is, I really wanted to vote. The state Democratic Party filed suit. The state's top health official, Dr. Amy Acton, cited the need to contain the pandemic.
9: This is AP News. Good evening. After the wet snow across Metro South, parts of the South Shore earlier, and the rain, that's moving away. Tonight will bring some clearing, a low of 36. Tomorrow, nice to get outdoors. You want to take advantage of a bright sky with sunshine. A few wispy clouds will show up late. A high of 49 to 53. It will stay chilly right along coastal towns with a light sea breeze. Then the next storm approaching tomorrow night with rain after midnight in the mid-30s. Thursday... Spring arrives with the vernal equinox. Rain in the morning, tapering to a few showers, blustery in the mid-40s. And as that storm moves to the north for the first full day of spring, Friday, nice and mild. It will be a gusty breeze, a shower in the area, sunny breaks, a high in the mid-60s, near 70 away from the Cape. We'll go into the weekend turning cooler, brisk on Saturday, mainly in the mid-40s, into Sunday. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Rob Gilman.
0: This is Mike McNamara. If you have a financial question and are too shy or too busy to call us on our show, McNamara on Money, you can email us at questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. As certified financial planner practitioners, we are knowledgeable about a number of financial topics. If we can't answer your question, we may be able to refer you to someone who can. If you take the time to ask the question, we figure we can make the time to answer it. To talk real estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 959 WATD.
1: Back, hello to all my South Shore neighbors. Um, how are you, Ben? Ben's over there freaking out. We're having our own little side panel here, <laughs> only but a little, listening- little bit. <laughs> That's okay. We always show up. Uh we're well, talking to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara along with the broker team here at Boston Connect Real Estate who is our sponsor of our in-house studio here. Uh so I have Melissa Wallace with me and Mary Baker and we also have Deputy Chief uh, Ken McCormick with us and we also have our health agent from uh, Pembroke uh, Lisa Cody. So um again, you guys you you're awesome. You're always here for us when we have um a need for you to be here and sort of educate us. Um, Big on education, and I think that that's what's going to help stop this spread. I'm not sure, Uh, Ben, you can let me know. I don't know if Josh hung up or if he's still with us.
3: I'm still here. I'm still here.
1: Perfect. And I think that Mark Stiles was also calling in.
8: Yes, ma'am. How are you? Uh,
1: Perfect. Thank you, Mark Stiles from uh, Stiles Law right there in Marshfield, too. So um, we're on Facebook as well to all of our listeners. We have a lot of people that are uh, sort of watching and following along. Um, I know it's a lot of people. It's a lot of moving parts. But we want to try to get as much information to you as we possibly can. So I'm going to start with Ken again. Um, So, Ken, why don't you tell us what uh, some of the other um, procedures that you're putting in place as a department that's going to affect the public.
2: So today we, we had to take some procedures um, along with everybody else's. This changes daily. Uh, we've shut the building down to the public. Only the lobby, the front main lobby, um, is open to the public. Um, uh, only fire department members can enter and walk through the building. Um, we have suspended all but reseal. Inspections, so there'll be no daycare inspections, restaurant inspections, business inspections. Uh, we're doing resale, propane, and oil as needed on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Um, as we approach the house, if someone's obviously sick, we're not going to do it. We'll come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are things that is not really normal for us. We usually right, you know, you call, we come, we do it. Um, so for us to suspend that, um, things have changed or evolved rapidly over the last couple of days. That's... We've had to protect the members.
1: Because one of the things that you said earlier that I just never thought of, and I guess it's one of those things, it's like you're like, holy, you know what, because I didn't think of it that way, (coughs) is that if one of your men went into a situation and then that person ended up coming back and was positive, if there were four of you or five of you or you all having lunch or something or, you know...
2: Under the the rule, there's seven on a shift plus myself and the chief. Yeah. If one person There's comes nine. back or two people come back with it, all seven of those people are quarantined. That's a quarter of the department. Yeah. It's gone.
1: Yeah. It mm-hmm. took a little while for that yeah. to process. But you see, ding-a-ling-a-ling, on it's each in my shift. head. Yeah.
2: One or two on each shift, that's 14 members. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it it can devastate the public safety part of this department if we if we don't start stepping up and doing all of the precautions and following along. Could you borrow else.
5: people from other towns? We're not 100% or? sure.
2: We haven't. You know, that's something we haven't done.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: They're going to be in the same boat.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, so they're not going to be willing to lend you their members if they're going to have the same issue. But could you bring back retired guys? I don't know. Could you go to the academy? I don't know. Those are some things that we haven't mm-hmm. discussed yet. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. may Sharon, have to be to um, to discuss.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I, it, it was a great point to kind make. I want to just uh, chime in that in terms of um, health care professionals, we are the state and actually today took some steps to allow retired. Uh, physicians who have are in good standing to come back and start practicing. They announced that they're going to be relaxing some of the um, standards for um, EMS folks so that we're not running into a shortage there, um, allowing out-of-state practitioners to temporarily practice here, and also expanding telehealth um, so that um, people obviously can do things remotely via their phone, and also even allowing doctors in other states to conduct telehealth Visits here in Massachusetts. Um, when it comes to firefighters, obviously that's another level of concern and something we want to think carefully about. But um, in, in other areas and other, you know, first responders and medical professionals, we are uh, the governor is, is is actively taking steps to try to see out that those scenarios because obviously we can't afford to lose our our firefighters or police or anything no, like that. We-
1: we can't, and I know that Mary um, and Melissa actually uh, recently took a class to get their gun license. That's another story <laughs> for another day and a glass of wine. We have no idea this was coming. But I, I heard that they, you know, have put a hold on that as well. But I think that they're sort of worried about sort of like a mass hysteria of people sort of going crazy. I mean, um, you know, there's situations where. this type of stuff happens and I guess you guys being prepared, I think that that's another good reason to have a lockdown. I mean, when people are losing their jobs and you know they're uncertain i mean we just all really have to be aware and um that's why i've been saying i had a a zoom meeting with all of boston connect real estate today and actually emmanuel ebot from styles law uh was so gracious to like just pop in at a last minute notice uh just talk to us about the legalities of what's going on what we have to watch out for um in real estate and you know it's it's good that we're prepared enough that we can do that. But I, I keep on saying it takes a village yeah. and I can't stress it more than I am right now that, um, I feel like the strength of a teepee. And I just think of a teepee being part of a village, but you know, like it just leans into each other. And I think that that's what we have to do as a community to keep us strong right now. So, um, that's, that's what my mindset is. Um, so Mark, we have you on the line as well as, uh, from, I guess, I guess a real estate perspective of what you're seeing, I guess, why don't you, can you get all of us up to speed with a couple of the things that you're seeing? Because I would say that the biggest concern with real estate, because this is all the economic trends that are going to follow along with this and the fall down, potentially um, starting with real estate with the registries of deeds closing. Can you talk a little bit about that?
8: Yeah. uh, You know, priority number one is to, is to calm and, and reassure, right? So, you know, one of the things I see even in the comments on your Facebook Live right now is people are asking you, you know, what's this going to do to prices, right? But if you look historically, we're still low on inventory. So we're not dealing with a bubble market right now. We're dealing with a speed bump that's going to spring right back. So we all need to maintain the enormous optimism that that we all have. But when you talk about the logistics of it, right, so we're doing all of what CDC says to do. We've uh, instituted engineered controls in our office where only a certain amount of people are in the office. We've locked the door. We have signs on there with a doorbell that it's it's virtually appointment only, and we've set up locations outside of our office that are disinfected you know, hourly uh, to, to continue to operate as normal as we possibly can we have gloves we have everything that makes anybody comfortable um with the uh the social interaction that must still happen in a real estate closing i mean we're we're hoping that at some point the governor will uh, enact an executive order to allow us the uh, the remote notaries so that we don't have to actually be face to face during a closing we've also made it uh mandated that the only folks we're going to meet with are the people who are signing documents and everybody else is going to be um invited to join through zoom through a a, a teleconferencing um, um, platform so they can participate in the closing they're just not going to be seated there Um, with respect to the registries that's a real concern Um, most of us are set up with online recording because they're not allowing us into the buildings but we can still online record. Now, when they shut those down, which um, Middlesex South in Cambridge has already done, um, you would think the closing would stop. It would be derailed, but we, I just got off a conference call today with our title insurance company, and they've um, allowed for the short period of time that we're dealing with this, a, a policy where we can issue what's called gap insurance. And what that does is it, in essence, allows us to complete the closing on paper, but not yet record. So we can issue a title insurance policy, which means we can close, seller can get their check, new insurance policy for the homeowner can um, come into, uh, become active. They move in, seller moves out, takes their check, pays off their mortgage closing happens but we don't yet record and we record under the insurance policy immediately once the registry reopens so closings will still happen even if the registries are closed now what we're preparing for obviously is a full 100 percent quarantine lockdown and how will we how will we operate with that and without the remote notary I'm I'm not sure how we're gonna we're gonna do it.
1: Frankly. What is a remote but notary? So would that be anybody that's a notary that like so, how will that so,
8: work? So 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 what 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 would happen? And some of the states have already enacted this statute. Is it would allow us to email the documents to somebody, bring them up on a platform such as Zoom, and handle the closing virtually. So we would be talking them through. Okay, on page one, now you see here now this. Now, are you signing freely and voluntarily? Yes, I am. Can you show me your driver's license? Put it up on the screen. this this um this uh, event would be recorded. We could save the link yeah. to the to actual closing happening. And then when the documents came back, we could notarize it. So we're you know, we're in that essence, we're notarizing virtually, where right now, as the statute stands in Massachusetts, the people have to appear next to you. They have to be, in your presence and virtual is not allowed yet so i'm i'm guessing that that's going to come in through an emergency order and and we'll be able to help facilitate these closings and these refinances because you know with the rates being so low it's 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 a big benefit to people especially when we're talking about you know the the payment relief that people are going to be needing this is going to reduce their payments overall this is going to allow them hopefully to get some cash and maybe enter and to the stock market, you know, and uh, where all these, these deals are right now. Mm-hmm.
1: I had heard too, um, Mary, we had a closing and we were the listing agents on it and they literally, they're doing like, sort of like the drive by temperature thing. And you have to like <laughs> pull up and the documents are being signed in the, in the window because they don't want yeah. anybody in their office. And Lisa, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, it, I, I, do we really have to be that careful? It's that catchy? I, I see. Oops. I don't know if Josh maybe hung up on us. Oh. Oh, sorry. Well, I was not sure what related. happened. I'll I don't have him back in a I moment. Estate, but, that okay. but that was exciting. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah,
6: you, you do need to be that careful. And, and the thing is, is everyone talks about social distancing, which is really important, but you've brought up an important point where the the group of you have always been together. It's not just social distancing, but being around people that you're not normally around. When you make a contact far outside your normal circle, you have an opportunity to make a new contact and possibly come into whatever that person has. But then not only you, you you mentioned this, alluded to this earlier, Sharon, that you bring that back to your circle. Mm -hmm. So like every one of you in your circle, it's like, think of yourselves as a, a Siamese triplets where one of you goes and interacts the others do, mm-hmm. um, especially in a group that works as densely as you. Same thing with Ken back at the firehouse, and, and that's why, you know, the, the thing he made of you, you're touching or around someone very new, you're bringing that new entity, that new unquan- unknown mm-hmm. quantity back. So from from the perspective, now I'll take the side of the, the, the perspective of the attorney's office or, or the, the registry of deeds or anything else, think about the hundreds of different people they would come mm-hmm. into contact mm-hmm. in a week. Mm-hmm. That's, I would consider yeah. a
5: significant risk, and I'd be concerned. Yeah. We have to think about that. When we're meeting new clients, absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, when you're meeting you know, our clients, and this is part of the reason why we had a, a Zoom meeting with open our um, yep with our agents is because yep. we are talking about what are we going to do for open houses and procedures. Doing that, there are some uh, companies, you know, local companies who have said no open houses. We're I not can't allowed disagree to disagree with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're just trying to come up with some some good ideas. Talking um, about Trish's idea, I thought Trish had a
1: very bad valid point though about this, about how about to handle it, one the hour. open houses. Yeah.
5: You can explain it because I don't necessarily. <laughs> she doesn't agree <laughs> with it. So this is one
1: of the thoughts that sure. we came up with. So we can ban all of the open houses, but people are still, the inventory is really low. Mark sure. has a really good handle on that as well. So people still want to see houses. Yes. So what we're going to end up happening is now we're going to have interrupted um, showings throughout a house mm-hmm. and we're going to be disinfecting through every single one of yeah. those and putting the seller at that risk. Yeah. Is it better for us to do a one hour showing, a one hour mm-hmm. open house and just do limited amount of people in at one time? So we're there mm-hmm. for one hour mm-hmm. and we're sort of washing things down as people are coming through and then it's over.
2: Storage was I like it.
7: Actually, you,
6: can, you can look at that a couple different ways. So, the way I would look at it is you never want more people than necessary in a dense area. So, I, I guess if I'm going to flip the coin, you're asking me how I would do open houses. So, what I would do if I had a property that I knew a lot of people wanted to see, yes, you don't want to disrupt your client more than necessary. But rather than having an open door open house, I would create some sort of virtual spreadsheet. We're having an open house from three to six at XYZ address. You want to see it, you sign up in your 15 minute or half an hour slot, that's yours. Someone goes out, mm-hmm. you can go around and spray, next group. But I would keep those groups because, remember, not only do you want to protect your seller, which is a really important thing, you also want to protect all those prospective buyers, whether yeah. or not they want to mm-hmm. protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I, I Trust me, I'm dealing with the prospective buyers as much as you guys down at Town Hall, or I was until today,
4: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That,
6: that I understand how excited and how, with such limited inventory, how much they want to see a house. But you you guys kind of have a responsibility to protect them from themselves as I knock your studio yeah. over. Um, yeah. So so by doing some sort of virtual sign-in or virtual log-on, you can have that three-hour open house, but rather than have everyone there, the door's open, because we all know that's what happens, everyone wants to be the first to see yeah. it, so they can run back mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. get in their offer, is that you actually stagger people and you say, I'm going to put this open house live at, you know, 6 p.m. on Thursday, sign up, and so that people sign up for those times, and you're giving them all a fair shot mm-hmm. to log in and sign up for their time, you're giving yourself a breather in between people, recompose yourself, wipe
1: down if you need to. Where and do I get one of those hazmat suits? You can't get
6: one of those hazmat <laughs> <laughs> suits. We don't have so any Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> no more left but, but you give your, yourself a chance to reset too and i would just encourage people as they walk through a house please don't touch anything you don't absolutely need to mm-hmm. um because again this is this is a contact thing this is droplets someone has to touch a surface in order to contaminate it if people can kindly walk through you maybe ask them to hold their hands you know and everything else if there's something they really i thought you wanted to me to hold
1: their hands i yeah, was like no, no, you, no that's no. against <laughs> the rules
6: you have them hold their hands but but it's a natural human it reaction is. i've mm-hmm. gone to shake so many hands and had to stop myself but it's an natural reaction you look into the house. Well, maybe. Yeah. To see if the water works mm. and say if there's anything you want to see you want to see a closet mm. opened or something else and the other thing mm. is i would have my house ready to be looked at i would open every open door that's a good point that, that, that can yeah. be opened so yeah. that people can look i without like that
1: touching. Not that's a
2: really good so one i'm a simpleton for every one person that's infected they know 10 people absolutely yeah. so that's 10 so one Sharon. is 10 two is 20
3: yes. yeah. sorry not to interrupt guys i'm so sorry but we are rejoined by mark styles and we also have jasmine on the line as well
1: Okay, and did we lose Josh?
3: We did lose Josh, unfortunately.
1: Okay, perfect. Okay, well, not perfect, but thank you, Josh. I mean, perfect that he was able to join us. Um, I did not mean it that way, but perfect that we have these other listeners with us, with Mark and Jasmine, too. So um, I'm just sort of... One of the things that I want to talk about a little bit more is... Eight minutes. We only have eight minutes. Lisa, this is one of my concerns, and I was doing so much research on it. It's like, can we get it off of a dog? Like, what can prevent it? Okay, so if somebody is not showing any signs of it, Okay. Let's just yes. use Casey for an example. Okay. She has self-quarantined herself. Yes. She doesn't feel any symptoms of yes. anything. She still could be carrying it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if, it is, is it like Casey could, like, touch me and then I could get it? Or is it like Casey no. sneezed on her hand and then yes. wiped it in my eyeball? Yes.
6: It has to be, uh, this is going to get a little graphic, <laughs> Thanks, so I'm buckle up. <laughs> so it has to be someone else's bodily fluid entering your body, your eyes, nose, mouth. So you need to touch something. So why they, they're so concerned about the touch rule is mm. if someone sneezes on their hands or somehow has wiped their face, eyes or whatever and touches something, now the germ is there. You have to not only touch it, but then you have touches to touch yeah. it but and it, it, put it on your mouth and everything else. But it's so instinctual to touch your face or, touch, so instinctual or, or, or to touch
5: your nose. Yeah. I didn't realize how often I your face. Especially, 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 especially because I, I am black not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I've hard. been hyper aware the past yeah. few days of like, oh, I'm just touching my face. And you see I'm doing it right now. Yeah. And I'm yeah. talking yeah. about it. Yeah. it. It is. But it's so instinctual and you don't yep. realize how much you touch your yep. face until you can't touch it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so Can
1: I bring out my comedic side of you know what I'm thinking inside my head, right? Oh, do tell. Yeah, it just it's like, you know, when people, you know, the birds and the bees, like, you know, yeah, like that's what I was just thinking. You've yep. been with someone and that person's yep. been with it someone is, and it's it is so not on. It's
6: similar except it doesn't quite relevel. Level that
1: intimate contact, yes. but it <laughs> yeah. is. But Ken, but Ken said it
6: if you know one person with it, you have 10.
1: And But could it be that? Be inti- like, if it is an intimate situation, you, you know what I mean? Transfer, that's how yeah. you can transfer it that way, too. Absolutely, mm-hmm. well,
2: because it's any fluid fluid, I mean, yeah.
1: It's, it's if any we're doing fluid. a
2: messy trauma, or, yeah. Or it
1: could you well, that's that's easily yeah, call. Yeah. I
2: mean, mm-hmm. You open yourself, that's why the gym,
1: yeah, that's why we're a, so concerned is about is it. That's not a good place to be right now, yeah. It's just that's what it creates, yeah.
2: Okay. that's where we got to be kind of careful
1: Yeah. alright um, and Jasmine I'm so sorry but we had you on a lot last week and I just I want to get some a couple more calls in. I hope you don't mind and we maybe you can come on with us next week too but if we run out of time I just want to talk to Mark Stiles Mark um, again Mark Stiles from Stiles Law they have been the best of the best with supporting Boston Connect Real Estate and our agents Emmanuel Ebot is fabulous they are on the front line they are there with information they have a blog that is amazing he's doing videos he's educating agents and and educating the general public, and I think that that's awesome. And I'm so lucky that I have a cell phone number. And he wears a <laughs> Boston Connect sweatshirt when he goes skiing. So, um, Mark, any like thoughts for you? Because we really don't have much time left, and I'm sorry we just went over with everybody else. Final thoughts and important things that you want to bring to everybody's attention.
8: You know, just stay super positive about what's going on, and um, don't dwell too heavily in that the market is going to crash because it's not real estate historically is one that just continues up and we get a lot of people who have called and said i don't know if this is if this is a good time to do this and you know people need homes right so it doesn't matter when and what we keep telling people is your home is not an investment don't think of it as an investment you need to live in a home and you need to sell a home then go forward and Real estate investing, it's the same mantra as the financial advisors are telling people about the stock market. You're not gonna jump in and jump out and time it. real estate. If you're an investor, you're buying, you're buying. And if you're looking to sell, you're selling. And really what people are afraid of is a bubble. And that's not what's happening right now. And that's what I would leave everybody with. This is not a bubble. This is a speed bump that will spring back and everybody just needs to calm and be reassured that everything's going to be all right.
1: And I'm trying my best. I'm doing pretty good, but (laughs) I just think I'm one of those people who tends to be very proactive Mm -hmm. and rather than reactive other than, I don't want to be responsible to get somebody else sick. Just like I think, I feel like with me being an agent, I, I I don't want to be responsible for anybody else, you know, losing money or deposits, which I think makes me a good agent as well. So, um, Mark, how can yeah. our listeners get in touch with you if they would like to have a consultation with you or one of your many uh, very professional attorneys over there at Stiles Law?
8: Well, the best way would be our phone number, 781 319 1900. But to stay in touch with us best would be to either like our Facebook page, which we're giving updates daily on where things are going with this, or to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we have 90 plus value videos that help talk about a lot of things that people go through on a daily basis.
1: Mm-hmm. And I will make and that sure could be that. that as well. Okay, and I'll make sure that all that information is put on bostonconnect.com. And uh, what I did with last week's show and I'm going to do with this week's show is I'm also going to do audio to text. So everything will be uh, written in that blog and everybody's information will be in there. Uh, So, again, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us. Lisa and Ken, uh, we have two minutes left. So final thoughts for our final seconds here. Be smart. Be safe. I know there's a lot of unanswered
6: questions, but it's not as bad as it seems. And I'll just leave uh, everyone with one of my favorite quotes in situations like this. It's a quote from Mr. Rogers. Not from Mr. Rogers. Actually, it was his mom.
1: When you see um, um, great, terrible things happening, look for the helpers. The helpers are everywhere. Mm, that's a good one, and Ken, do you have any words of wisdom? How can I beat that? <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. like, Roger boy, I, the wish the I, I wish I, I wish I went first.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> There's no one better than do you. Do an, an original Roger. from wow. Ken. But, uh, no, just, just be kind to everybody. Yeah, let this thing work its course. Um, just be safe and check on your neighbors. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. I think that that's really important, is Mm -hmm. checking on your neighbors, because one thing I find... yeah most that Yeah, and that that generation uh, tends to be the stubborn generation as well, and they don't want to feel like a burden, but I'm just putting out there, if you do need help, there's help there. Our COA, uh, again, closed
6: to the public for the safety of their demographic, but I am talking to our awesome... COA Director Gretchen Emmett's pretty much daily. Mm-hmm. They're checking the phones. They're checking on their population. They're seeing what they need. That phone number for Pembroke COA 781-294-8220 One more time. 781 781- Gretchen and her staff are checking in. If you're a senior that feels like you're out of touch, leave your name and number. They will check in on you. You don't have internet access. You want some more good data. They're going to help you get it. You need someone to bring you something. They're going to do that. Meals on Wheels is continuing. So you're not alone. Even if you're out of touch with the data, even if you don't want to do that technology junk, as I'm told, Mm -hmm reach out to the COA. They're there to help fill in that gap for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if there's anything that we can do here at Boston Connect Real Estate, we're happy to do it. Um, Our phone number is easy too. We can connect you with the right people. 781-826-8000, 781-826-8000. I really mean it from my heart. Like, if you need me to pick up some milk, I will search all over oh, yeah. <laughs> to find that milk no. for you. And <laughs> and I have a little stash of TP at my house. Only because I am that person that just happened to have it. So, <laughs> can if people right. need to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
2: They call the business line 781-293-2300. Okay. Um, which is our business non-emergency. And we'll guide them in the right direction. That's kind of how we want you don't need Every- to show up to the firehouse, don't to show do up not that way. Call us, call us, call us. All
1: right. Well, thank you so much, thank you guys. You so I really much. appreciate it. You're Have a great welcome. night. Be thank safe, you, you guys. We need you. Put on those Thanks. cloaks. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Ben.
9: Always a pleasure.